The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round three recap pod for this week's Players Championship. And joining me to break it all down, it's Mark Immelman. Mark, you're you're there. Tell tell the people how you took in round three of the players today. Well, uh, round one was spectacular. I was on the golf course uh, with a Bryson Marikawa Dustin Johnson group, which was hilarious. Uh, Dustin was in full form, cracking jokes between shots and. Uh, uh, Mario was doing his stuff and Bryson was being Bryson. And then uh, the last couple of days I've been in the studio, the PGA Tour Live studio, which is always fun. And, you know, we had some, we've had some sweet groups. Uh, this, off- this morning we had Spieth, uh, who was playing pretty solidly. And this afternoon we had Bryson and Dylan Fratelli. So it's a good groups on offer. So I, I got to see, I, I've, I've gotten to see some really good golf. I've enjoyed rolling out of bed, heading to the couch, a little groggy, hearing Mark Immelman's voice on PGA Tour Live. It's a nice way to wake up, Mark. I'll tell you that. No, no, no. <laughs> um, uh, you can always put it on mute if you need to. You can <laughs> I would never. I would never do that. Uh, listen, we're going to jump into the top of this leaderboard, but it is it is March. It is the month of madness, and the Eye on College Basketball Podcast is here for your audio guide for the entire NCAA tournament. It's Gary Parrish and Matt Norlander offering a complete breakdown as soon as the bracket is announced on Sunday so that you can stand a chance in your pool this year. And the coverage continues with reactions after each each day of games and previews of upcoming rounds. If you want the best March Madness analysis, subscribe to the Eye on College Basketball podcast anywhere you find this one. And Mark, I'm having a bit of deja vu because for the second consecutive week, Lee Westwood and Bryson DeChambeau in the final group. This time, Westy holds a two-shot lead after carding a Saturday 68 that I would describe as very patient, Mark. He he parred his first nine holes as everyone was flying up the leaderboard, and then he worked his magic on the back nine to come in in 32 and post that 68. Yeah, patience is a good way of describing it. I, I, I'd almost go with professional, um, you just comfortable with where you are. You know, because it was a strange sort of a day because I was work- I've been working alongside Craig Perks, the 2002 Players Champion, and and we both sort of surmised that okay, Thursday or Friday they'd let the guys have this place a little bit, although you could sort of see the golf course firming up from where it was in practice. And then we both were like, they're going to have those precision air systems on, they're going to have these greens firm. There was probably going to be a bit breezy on Saturday and going to be difficult. And today, uh, there was no breeze. It was like target practice for a bunch of these guys, albeit fast and firm greens. And and so people were just going bananas. And 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 my eyebrows were raised, as was Craig's. And and if you get out and you're playing with a lead, and then you're watching people just surge up the leaderboard and fire these crazy scores, um, then that can get under the skin some. And, and what Westwood did was just so professional and and just looked so comfortable because. 
You know, you, there's some holes you can get on the front side, which he didn't. Wasn't phased at all. And, and he did what he had to do on the back nine. You know, the back nine's difficult. It's not, it's, it's not that easy. 32 is a heck of a score around there. But he got the holes that he needed to. The par five, certainly there was a bonus pickup on 17 with that one that uh, dove into the hole. But that's some good golf, man. And I tell you what, I'm, I'm still ruining the fact that I went with a wrong Englishman this, this week in one and done because why I didn't pick Westwood after the way he played last week. And, and, and on top of that, Rick, you know, we know he hits the ball well, but man, the way the guy's putting is, is just off the charts. And I hope it continues for one more day. He only needs it one more round. He still looks a little shaky over those, you know, anything five foot and in makes me a little nervous, Mark. But yeah, one more day, get away with it for one more day. And he might be hoisting a, a trophy on Sunday evening. So it's going to be a lot of fun, but uh, it's not going to be without Bryson DeChambeau trying to chase him down two shots back when we start the final round on Sunday, a 67 on Saturday is Bryson's best round of the week. He only hit 10 greens in regulation. I think if you asked him, he would probably say he's leaving a lot of strokes out there. He doesn't have his A game, but here he is again, right in the thick of it for a second consecutive week. I actually did ask him because uh, I was with him on the course on Thursday afternoon. So I said to him, hey, yo, Bryson, um, don't you feel a bit hemmed in by this place? And he said, you know, I do. And he's hit driver a few times, but he's like, I can't really open up on one. In fact, the biggest I saw him swing, and I saw it again today in feature groups coverage because we had him this afternoon again, was on 11 where he hit one like 333 or whatever it was because 11 allows you to open up. But the rest of the time, it's the kind of golf course where it forces everyone into similar areas. And you've got to be really strategic. You've got to be strategic around here, and you've got to flight the ball well. But where his power has shown up, I think, is the fact that on a hole like number eight, because he's got these real powerful irons, and a quick anecdote to that, um, I'm walking down 14 fairway, and Dustin Johnston's like, hey, man, you seen DJ? Are you watching this? I'm like, yeah, well, I'm watching to watching it, DJ. I've got to call this stuff. And he goes, how's the wedge that he's hitting? I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, it's like 40 degrees. So the wedge is like so everyone else's nine iron, basically, in the eight iron. And so that's why he can hit the thing so far. But there's an advantage to this. You know, he swings big, obviously, and hard. But with those powerful irons that he hits, a hole like number eight, the par three, you know, where everyone else is going with hybrids and such to a back hole location from 230 or long irons, Bryson hit six iron today. It, granted, it came up a little short, but there's an advantage to this. And so he's been able to hit some quality iron shots. He's managed the place well. He's managed his game well. This golf course can get to you. And it can drive you sort of crazy and you can feel like you, you, you're like a, a horse that's been muzzled a little bit and you've got the bit in, you, in your mouth and, and, and it's, it's riding you some. So he's been very patient. And, and to me, I, he's gone up in my estimations. Not that I didn't have high regard for him, but the way I've watched him play, not just drive the golf ball, has been, been impressive. And, and, and look, he's not going to go away, away tomorrow. He, he shot a couple of 69s in rounds one and two. And I feel like that was probably with – He's sort of B game. Today he got a bit better, but the scoring was a little easier because some of the whole locations. But tomorrow he's not going to go away. He's just putting too well. I mean, the guy's rolling it like a demon.
Uh, he, he really is. Our friends over at William Hill list him at two and a half to one to win the Players' Championship. Wally Westwood is plus 225. So those two almost equal. They're in the final group. And Mark, since you've you've laid so so many great eyes on, on Bryson this week in particular, and is this the, the next evolution, right, where even a course that kind of doesn't allow him to open it up, as you put it, and he's still able to contend, he's still able to show us how well-rounded his game is instead of us just talking about him bashing it a couple of miles every single time he tees off is this the I find this to be much more impressive than maybe what we originally thought from Bryson as he's gone through this transformation you know what your observation there makes me happy Rick and that you fact the, the fact that you find that impressive because most folks and this sort of gets the old guy in me a little bit you know they all like Bryson 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 you know he's hitting at 350 and 100 and whatever ball speed it is and stuff like that 200 ball speeds but you know, toward the end of our show today, you know me, I'm I'm sort of a bit freaky about golf and I'm a bit of a golf nerd and the stuff cheese me up and I, I take stances on things that maybe are a little opposite to what the Twitter righty mics might, might take. Um, but right at the end, after you hold that, I don't know, what was it, like 10 footer on the last for a par? And mm-hmm. that thing was perfectly dialed. It was a difficult read up the hill and that fell in at the last gasp with perfect pace and perfect line. I burst out and I'm an announcer and my fellow announcer sort of smiled at me when I did it, John Swantek. And I said to him, don't anybody tell me that Bryson DeChambeau is a one trick pony. And I actually said that as my call after he knocked us in because he's not, he's not the, he is the power guy and he'll forever be known as the powerful guy, the big beefy Bryson sort of thing. But he has got, he's a five tool guy really. And, mm-hmm. and he doesn't get the respect that he deserves, I think for his iron play. Um, and certainly for his short game. And, and I would say, just like he did at the U.S. Open, he is riding that putter to all manner of success. And on these greens, which are perfect, he is reading them right. He's rolling the ball great. And, you know, with where some of the places he's playing from, um, it, it's a tough deal for Westwood, I think, even though he's two ahead. 14 feet 8 inches on 18 to make par and Bryson gave us the fist bump he was uh, the fist pump he was stoked about it that's a a a a big momentum putt heading into Sunday and Justin Thomas moved up the leaderboard we saw impressive play from Doug Gim we're going to talk about both of those guys but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Those numbers do not add up to me, and I know it can be confusing, the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple, and that's where Superfeet comes into play. These Superfeet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most, and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking uh, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. 
And we're back. Justin Thomas with the round of the day, a 64 early on Saturday, Mark. This is uh, kind of vintage JT. He goes out, he birdies four, uh, four in a row to start his round. He gives one back at five, and then he makes the turn, and he birdies 10. He birdies 11. He actually probably should have birdied 12. Didn't, didn't, he made a, made a par there. And then he hits an absolute beauty into 16. That is a, a tap in Eagle to complete essentially his, his 64. And now he is right in the thick of it and, and clearly feeling much better about his game than he has over the past couple of, of months. Yeah. Well, you got to commend him and, and in a similar ilk, you can sort of commend John Rahm and, and Bryson DeChambeau because through the first couple of rounds, they didn't really have their stuff. You know, you come to a golf course and, yeah, you might be bringing in some good form like Bryson and, and John Rahm's been here and there and Justin hasn't been at his best. But they sort of survived through the first two rounds. They kept themselves in it. And Justin Thomas scrapped out 71 on day one. He sort of climbed up the leaderboard a little bit more on day two, but there wasn't really anything special. And then today, he did what, you know, great – Major champions, big-time golfers do. You know, come the weekend, they start showing up. They, they, they line up in the stalls and they start – and they're ready to run. And and that round to, that he played today, I'll be honest, I didn't see much, but I saw enough of the highlights to to see a guy that was playing from the right places, a guy that was hitting the ball with the irons the right distance, which is the, the big deal around here for me. And, and he's just confident enough now, it appears, to be able to challenge shots. Like that tee shot he hit down 18 – if someone's fighting their golf swing a little bit, you don't set out a curling draw around the dog leg over there because you'll be afraid of missing the thing hard left. And Justin goes to a fade when he's challenged and when he's a little antsy with a golf swing or when it, whether the pressure's up. He stood up there and hit this roping draw around the corner there, flatted. And I was like, hmm, well, guess who's back? Guess who's got his groove going on? And so from that point of view, I, I just commend him and Ram and company for just doing what you do in a 72-hour event. You hang around, you keep yourself in the game, you you scrap, you claw, and you do your thing, and then all of a sudden you wait for that that moment. And his moment was today. I'm just keen to see if he can build on it further tomorrow. Justin Thomas entered the day seven shots back, the largest 36-hole comeback by a winner at TPC Sawgrass, seven shots. It was Tim Clark in 2010. If you think that Justin Thomas can do the same, he's four and a half to one over at William Hill. And Doug Gim will be playing with Justin Thomas on Sunday. I love Doug Gim so much. I mean, not only has he just been a phenomenal from, from tee to green this week, but I, I think back to... I think it was the Corn Ferry Tour Finals uh, two, in 2019 where he's got like an eight-footer for his tour card, pours it in the middle. The guy's got all the emotion. Now he, here he is on the big tour trying to make some noise at the biggest, at one of the largest events that we have. Well, cometh the moment, cometh the man, I guess. And he's proved it that he could do it um, on the Corn Ferry Tour. Well, tomorrow is for all the marbles, and it's in one of the biggest events in the world. So we, we'll get a measure of who Doug Gim really is. But he's proved so far in college uh, and into college and beyond in the mini tours and the Corn Ferry Tour and now the PGA Tour. He sort of proved his worth. But it's a whole different league tomorrow afternoon, man. It, it, this is big time now. And and it's a big time golf course. So I didn't. I haven't seen enough of him to play. I know he's very accurate. I know he can really putt. And those are two things required around here. And the one thing about the TPC Sawgrass, the stadium course, it's spit out a few unlikely winners like Tim Clark, like Fred Funk, you know, guys that don't hit the ball very far but really can putt and they keep the ball in play. And that's his MO. So 
Uh, if he can stay in the mix and maybe have a flourish at the end, who knows? He might be a player's champion. He's 20 to 1 over at William Hill. And he he mentioned one last thing on Doug Gim here, Mark. He mentioned in his post-round interview that he has nothing to lose. And that has been his mindset all week long. Now, <laughs> that it is one thing to say that. It is another thing to believe that, right? I don't know if these guys, I mean, they know how much is on the line here, but uh, Doug Gim is going to try to enter Sunday with a nothing to lose attitude. Well, look, here's the thing. You can tell everyone that, to your point. But the thing is, uh, he's probably not going to sleep real easy tonight, I wouldn't think. Although this place is a tough walk, and it's demanding. And I, I made the comment on our show. Uh, I think I was talking about whoever was playing. It might have been Charlie Hoffman alongside Bryson or someone. I'm like, when you get home to the hotel or the house, whatever you're renting, you know, he's done your, you've done your media commitment, so that's behind you. And you get back to the house. And not only are you physically tired, but this golf course just has you mentally and emotionally spent. So you grab some dinner and then you're trying to rest because you're just exhausted. And that's three, you three days deep in the event and practice rounds. But then your mind is spinning and you're thinking about stuff that went down today and putts that were made and putts that were missed and emotions that you went through. And then all of a sudden, you know, the mind wanders both directions, forward and backwards. And then if you're Doug Gim, if you're Lee Westwood, heck, if you anyone in the field, Bryson DeChambeau even, these massively experienced guys, your mind wanders to tomorrow. And so you're exhausted and you want to sleep, but then your brain's going. So I'm keen to see if he rests well this evening. And then tomorrow you can say what you like. I mean, your heart's going to be going. Uh, the sphincter is going to be tightening, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and the problem with this golf course is it exposes you if you're slightly off. And so the, the, the challenge for Gim, the challenge for everyone is to be you know, with the heart racing and with your mind wandering, you've got to get singular about your focus. And then you've got to get out there and pick a smart target and try and swing as freely as possible. When you start swinging defensively around this place and you're playing almost away from problems is when it also bites you. So uh, it's going to be a big day for him tomorrow. And, and, and if nothing else, look, I hope for his sake he wins, but if nothing else, it's going to be a heck of a learning curve. And he'll come out of here feeling like he's a superhero. On Friday night, we lamented all of the big names that failed to make the cut, but I'm looking at a leaderboard that has Lee Westwood, Bryson DeChambeau, Justin Thomas, Paul Casey, John Rahm, Sergio Garcia, Matthew Fitzpatrick. I think we are set for a great Sunday of golf. Mark, where can we find you for the final round of the Players' Championship? I'm going to be on the course tomorrow for Direct TV and for PGA Tour Live. I'm not sure who the group will be in the afternoon, um, so... I'll be out there in the thick of it. We'll, I'll probably have like the fourth or fifth to last group, whoever's the most entertaining for the folks on the streaming service. So I'll be out there. I'll get some of the experience and the noise and the crowds and, and just the, I wouldn't call it the ambiance because it's electric out there. And, 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 and so I'll be, when you guys see me tomorrow on the show, I'll, I'll be coming down from what's going to be a real exciting day. Awesome. Well, we're looking forward to it, and we know you're going to have a blast tomorrow. Uh, that's Mark Immelman. You can find him at Mark underscore Immelman. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been The First Cut, and we'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 